Welcome to Real GM Radio. I am Daniel Rue, your host, and so happy to have you with us for this episode. This is the continuation of the over-unders with Arturo Gletti. This is our ninth year of doing over-unders, and we go through more of the methodology and everything else that's in the Western Conference section because we record the West. That one's been out since earlier in the week. Episode is brought to you by FanDuel, fanduel.com slash Boston. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Go into all those details later on the show. And as always, lots of substance, big podcast here, just under two hours. We were a little faster on the East than we were on the West, but of course, plenty to discuss over and under for every team, plus pertinent division, conference, title, number one seed, rookie of the year, MVP, and dabbling in other stuff as well for everyone else. Then we do a little bit of a big picture wrap up at the end. Lots of great stuff here. And as a note, this episode includes timestamps. I'm not going to say they're exactly right because of things like ad reads. They're not going to be perfect, but they should be pretty close. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you so much for coming on. Pleasure to be on. So let's talk about the East. Yeah, I will note at the outset here that anybody who is looking for the methodology for the rationale that is in front of the Western Conference podcast, which should already be released at the point you are listening to this. So you can get all that good stuff here. So we'll make a lot of passing references to things. If you're like, hey, what was that? Well, the listen to that first. But we'll we'll, of course, try to provide sufficient context here as well. And we're recording this on Monday, September 18th. No Damian Lillard trade has happened. No James Harden trade has happened. Not that we expect one to necessarily happen imminently. If it was, then we probably wouldn't be recording it right now. But I let's think it, I go think ahead. If, as we get into it, I think that like I think we mentioned that we don't expect a Dame. I think James is maybe more likely, but I, I think I it's less likely. Um, on the simple idea that the Sixers think they, you know, whether I I think they're incorrect, but the Sixers think they can make this work just bringing him back. Fair. I mean, I think. I mean, we'll get there, but I think the Sixers have improved their front, their uh, their the coaching staff enough that I do think I I get why they think that it will definitely be worth watching. But we're starting as we always do at the bottom of the projections and not mm-hmm. at the top of the projections, and we're doing this um, for this year in part because of the aforementioned Damian Lillard non-trade. Yes. We're doing this in order of the um, your models projected wins, not in order necessarily of the over-unders. There was also the issue in the West where the Blazers don't have a number on the board. So that means that we are starting with the Detroit Pistons. The Pistons last year won just 17 games, though they did so with the differential of a whopping 21-win team, which <laughs> that is more, but that's not a lot more. And The Pistons can hope for better health availability. They actually have a pretty good stable of veterans, depending on how much new head coach Monty Williams is able to and wants to play them and how long they're actually on the team. And hopefully they get more Kate Cunningham. He only played 12 games, looked limited by injury, and then, of course, missed the rest of the season by injury. And so for me with the Pistons, I think they're better than they were last year. And they're largely a young team could do that. But... I was stunned that they're over under, it's 27 and a half if you want to go over, 28 and a half if you want to go under. I think that's not just better, that's a lot better. I mean, they, as I said, you, they won 17, it's 27 and a half, 28 and a half. The, if we were looking at the, what they call the mean regression, just like would be 29, which I think is kind of what they did, the one mean regression with them. And I think some of that, we mentioned the mechanic in the other pod, which is 
because of the uh, play-in tournament, because of the instance system tournament, there is some, and because of the changes to the draft rules, there is some expectation that like teams will not tank as bad. But the Pistons are not a good team. Um, and are they at 11 and a half games better than last season? No, 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 no. The model doesn't think so. I don't think so. We've got them at 21. The model has them at 21, has them going over most of the time. And we also kind of say that, like, could you see this team winning five more than the over, right, which is 27 and a half? Could I see this team winning 33 games? I'm like, no. No. I, I couldn't see that. Could I see this team winning five less? Could I see them winning 22 games? Yes, totally. I <laughs> totally can see that. Now, their draft situation, let me let me, let me me verify this. They they own uh, 1 to 18, and then if they if it's 19 to 30, it goes to New York. Um, yeah, so, so that's not really – that doesn't really affect behavior. What that what that means is that they'll know whether they're making the playoffs or not, so you kind of treat them as a team that will have their own pick. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm definitely under the team, and I'm pretty. I think I'm under bet pretty strongly. Um, I, I am as well. There, there's no expectation for me that this team is going to like. I don't like. We we also mentioned talking about like uh, one, two, and three. Is there anybody on this team that you could see being a one? Like, Cade could be maybe, but I, we don't know what he is. But he hasn't been that at all yet. I mean, Cade Cunningham. Yeah. I was a big believer in him as a draft player. I still think he's going to be a very good player, but yeah, he hasn't been successful yet. so far. And they added some time bombs in here. Are they going to play like James Wiseman at all? And James Wiseman has not been good. Um, been a guy who basically drags the lineups down when he plays. And I mean, who's the best player on this team? I think it's Bojan. And I also, one of the weirdest questions with with the Pistons is, what is Troy Weaver doing here? Like, is he, because they have guys, you know, if if Weaver and Monty Williams want to play more established lineups, you could see Alec Burks and Bojan Bogdanovic, and even though he's still young, Isaiah Stewart playing more, you know, and, and you could go with some of their, you know, depth guards, and they this team has Joe Harris and Monte Morris on it. Like, they could go to some some stable lineups. But I think two things. One, those stable lineups still aren't great. It's not like it's, oh, there's a 45-win team in here and they're just going to play the young guys. No, that that group, if you were building a team around that, that's still a sub-500 team. There's some guys here that, like I said, like some failed draft picks like around those, like, I said, Wiseman. There's Killian Hayes, who, who was like a really bad draft pick a couple years back because he's just like, and again, I don't, is he going to play? He's, I don't think he's going to play again of Osar Thompson. And I don't think he's going to like, he's obviously like what fourth on the step chart. This is, this is, is this a worse team than San Antonio? Yes, I think so. Not, you know, like there are scenarios where they're better, but I think that talent wise, they're worse. Is this the worst team in the league on a night to night basis? Yes. I, yeah. So, I mean like, yeah, this is an easy under bet. I don't think there's any, there's nothing in here for MVP rookie of the I- Well, so rookie of the year, I will mention briefly Asar Thompson. The problem is I think he's going to be more of a you know, complimentary player. I think he's going to have a good defensive year, but those guys don't win rookie of the year. Like that's not the way this works. He's not going to have the ball in his hands as much as Kate if Kate's healthy. And so I like there's, Asar Thompson. I think he'll be a good pro, but I don't think he's going to be rookie of the year. Yeah, there, and there's not enough ball for him on this team, and I'm not like – I mean, Kev Pelton doesn't think he's actually going to get any minutes. I actually like pointed out. He's like, I don't have – like I think he is, but I don't, just don't think he's going to get – and he, we're close to the run he would need to be rookie of the year. And again, there, I don't think he's also going to get any, enough of the shot opportunities. So, yeah. Right. right. 
I don't like it. No, um, it's it, it's it's going to be a hard road for them, and obviously for a team this far from the bottom, we're not expecting a lot in terms of division, conference, or championship odds at this moment. It, it is a weird team in that like it's really really bad, and they're not playing as many rookies that you typically see for a team on a rebuild. So like, well, they're not playing as many rookies, but they are playing a lot of young guys. So like for example, Jalen Duran was the youngest guy in the league last year. He's going to be playing significant minutes, but he's not technically a rookie. Jay Nivey was really raw last year. It'll be his age 21 there, season. I think there's something to be said for they're treating this kind of as an open audition roster. As I said, there's a bunch of guys who are like failed draft picks. Maybe they're going to basically cycle failed draft picks from other teams, see if they can actually, which is not a bad scenario if you're trying to rebuild. Because I think at this point, I think at this point, Cade's the only one who should buy, not rent. And I don't necessarily think that necessarily that married to him. I mean, they got to see a whole year on him. But, like, I don't think they're married to anybody on this roster. So I think this is more of an, ex- you know, uh, again. It's yeah, which, which, makes, which makes their confluence of veterans so weird. Is that usually you would see a team having moved those guys. I mean, they already had a trade deadline with Bogdanovich and Burks. And then now they've had an offseason as well. And they're both still around. But. That's Troy Weaver stuff. They're still not good. This is still an underplay. Somebody, somebody was arguing with me like the Dwayne Casey was a good fit for not really, but Tracy Casey. I think Monty's actually better for development, but this roster is not where you want it to be for the kind of rebuild. Well, and I think that their offense will make more sense under Monty Williams. Dwayne Casey teams have generally bought in defensively. It's just that the Pistons' defensive talent was bad, but. Monty Williams will help that. You still, though, actually have to have good offensive players, and the Pistons aren't quite there yet. Though I am encouraged that, at least in theory, they could, um, underlying bold italicized could, put out some lineups that have re- decent spacing. Like, if they if they actually play Bogdanovich and they play Isaiah Livers and, so, and, you know, like, have the right guys out there on the perimeter, Joe Harris, like, you can get to some lineups that teams have to actually actively defend, but those groups aren't going to defend themselves. So that's a problem. Yeah, I agree. Um, is there anything else we want to talk about with this team or no? No, I think that they're I'm I'm open to the possibility that like the Pistons are a couple of years away. Like that I, there are guys on this team that I like. I, I'm I'm a Cade Cunningham fan, as I've said when he was drafted. I like Asar Thompson, but it's going to take time for them to become that version and it's going to take superior surrounding talent. Which they don't. I think they're. I think they're a couple years away from being a couple years away. This roster does not make sense to me yet at all. Like I don't. They have to like clear players and and get some like because again, if you're gonna treat this as like an up and addition roster for like draft picks and young players for other teams, this isn't that yet, right? So I do think that like there's work to be done still to get it to that. Right. I agree. This is still kind of I don't know what they're I don't know what you're trying. This is basically why are you fielding a Turkish league team for like the <laughs> NBA? It's like okay. And Kate Cunning <laughs> Turkish League team and Kate Cunningham. Um yeah. okay. Let's go to the Charlotte Hornets. And the Hornets last year had a season from hell, not only with the off the court stuff involving Miles Bridges, but on the court, Lamella Ball missed a ton of time. They just had a, a really brutal year. They won 27 games and had the differential of a 26 win team. And Vegas is mostly pricing them in as that iteration. They're 30 and a half if you want to go over, 31 and a half if you want to go under. This one might really surprise you. I'm an over bet in part because. Two years ago, when the team was probably more similar to what they are this year, probably, you know, you never know for sure. Not only were the Hornets 43 and 39, they had a positive point differential. And 
I'm not the biggest fan of everything they do, but this line is just way too low. Uh, I mean, the model's over Faye. The model has them 30 and a half, uh, basically just slightly over where the total is. Um, I'm not in love with the organization. I do think it's over, but I don't know if it's strong enough to like play it. Did you say over bet? Over bet, absolutely for me. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm not necessarily convinced that that's something I want to do with this team. Uh, so, 27 games, three and a half points better, and or three and a half wins better, and they definitely have more Lomelo, who didn't really play last year. Yeah, and My- and Miles Bridges, who didn't play at all. And while we're, we don't need to get yeah. into whether he should play or not on that team, he is on their roster. He is going to play. And I mean, I would argue off the cuff, he was their second best player two years ago. So they're basically missing their two best players who are both back. Are they? Yeah, they're not. They're better than. Are they better than, than uh, Washington and Orlando? They're definitely better than Washington to me. Orlando, we'll see. But um, I mean, Orlando won thirty four games last year. Orlando, um, and and they're a young team too. Like if if Charlotte is even close to better than Orlando, then they're going over. I don't feel comfortable taking the over on this team. Um, well, Lamelo's got to be. You know what? I am going to take it over. Bet the sign. Talk me into it. Like it's, it's. I can see. Could I see? Yeah, I can see them winning the 36, 37 games out of that. Like that Southeast is weird. They are a bit more talented than that. You're right. Like two years ago, they were a forty three win team. So I can see it. Like if they they have their players back, and it's not a hard. And and they're and they're poorly run, but they're poorly run in ways that affect the talent on the floor. Not necessarily like they're not poorly coached; they're poorly run. And so you evaluate the guys they have, and they I think they have a pretty good team. I think they actually sneakily have a reasonably deep team now. I mean, they have some weird problems, just like you would expect from a from a poorly run team. But like. You know, Gordon Hayward, P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, Brandon Miller, who we'll talk about in a second, like, that's a pretty good frontcourt rotation. Their centers are weird, but at least they should be able to get enough minutes from those guys. And then you have LaMelo and Rozier, and Cody Martin had a season from hell. He basically missed the whole thing with injury, too. So, like, I don't think they're going to set the world on fire. I don't think they're going to win 50 games, but you can be a pretty bad team and still cover this. Yeah, there's a, there's a there's a broad like so right now the model thinks there's a third worst team in the league. That's the model. That's not like me. That's that's well, eh, not the third, the fourth worst team probably, behind like uh, Washington, San Antonio, and Detroit. Um, I, I yeah, again over. I think I think I think slightly over is fine with them. I, I I get why. Right. I understand the logic of taking the over bet on them. Considering that, like, yeah, they, I mean, they, they have some some strength and some some interesting like like players like in Bridges, Rozier, and Lamelo Ball. Like the size is not very appealing though on this team. No, they're, it's like, not. Missing, they're missing a decent big on this team. Like like, and they weren't going to do Dwight Howard again in Charlotte, but like somebody, <laughs> like they, they like it feels like this team needs some sort of size from somewhere. Right. Um, that might be enough, though. I mean, like, I, 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 I can see why you'd think they could win more than 30 and a half games. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I want to mention for them is Brandon Miller is uh, 16 to 1 for Rookie of the Year. I'm not the biggest hmm. Miller fan, but I like that number. I don't love it. Like, this is not, I mean, 
to me, the only way you go hard after this is if you think Brandon Miller is, you know, awesome. But I wouldn't be surprised at all for him to win. In part, uh, we talked in the Western Conference one about Victor Wembanyama maybe not putting up quite the same counting stats and the weakness in Chet Holmgren's case and potentially Scoot, who I really like, just like not getting the playing time if Lillard's still there. So like I could see Miller doing it. One challenge is just how does how does this coaching staff see their front court rotation? Like, are they starting Miller and if they're starting Miller and Bridges? Then is Gordon Hayward coming off the bench? Are they playing LaMelo at the one? But there will still be enough minutes. There will still be enough shots for him. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can see the argument for it. I don't necessarily like like it, but it, it it's fine. You know what? I got him at ten, like ten. Like, that division is so weird. I got him at ten to. I got him ten at at ten uh, percent to win it. But I don't necessarily think I like that. I, I don't like that. I mean, even if even if I'm not the biggest fan of Miami and Atlanta, they're going to win more games than the Hornets probably. Yeah, actually, like yeah, like that's price ten. They're thirty to one. <laughs> they're not like yeah. That division always like never going. But like I don't like that price. Yeah. Uh, like maybe, maybe this is the kind of this kind of number I might revisit. That division number is something I might revisit in a couple of weeks, right? Just like, or once the season starts to see, like, once I get it, like, just actually see this team play on a West Coast road trip and see if they're actually any good. We can get mm-hmm. them before, like, the, the, the regular fans get in for Christmas, so we can actually get a, maybe get a new good number here. Um, okay, next team up is the Wizards. They the won Wizards! The Wizards, they won 35 games last year. The line is set at 24 and a half, and obviously because they've made some trades. Damato actually like likes them uh, over there. It got them at like 31 and a half uh, uh, projected. Again, the number is really low, that 24 and a half. Um, and so that that's over bet. I don't – I mean, historically they, they do about that. They're like 50-50, so the line's generally well set. I've mm, – this line is low, right? Even it, it with, is. It even is low. With the players that they lost. It is low. I mean, so the Wizards have a weird. Oh, it's a. It's a weird construction now because, like, they have they have better like high end talent than a lot of bad teams do. Where they have Jordan Poole, they have Kyle Kuzma, mm-hmm. they have Delon Bright, they have Tyus Jones. Um, Denny. What? Denny. Uh, oh, Denny Abia. Yeah. 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 And and maybe Daniel Gafford can have a bounce back here. He's had, you know, he's been very up and down overall in his career. So, you know, relative to a lot of bad teams. And the other thing that the Wizards could do conceptually is they could give more of their minutes to capable players. Like, this is not a team that has a ton of entitlement minute candidates. You know, they could give them to lottery pick Bilal Koulibaly, but they could also play the slow game with him. However... And I'm a, I will tell you outright, I'm a fade on this. I'm actually an under fade. And I'll explain why I'm an under. I think that their work is not done here. And that this is the, this is the exact kind of prototype of a team where they'll just do little things over the course of the year that make it less likely to win, that maximize their draft, that maximize their draft. But I'm surprised that the number is this low. If it, I was hoping it was going to be like they 26 own, or 20. They own uh, their, yeah, it has to be one to 12. So like they have a little bit of an incentive to like. Kind well, of, they, you treat that basically as their own pick because if you're, you know, if you're 13th or 14th, then you're either trying for the playoffs or you're tanking out of it like the Mavs did last year. So they're they're going to keep their pick if they're if they're as bad as I think they're going to be, and so that will that will bring them down. But the bigger reason why, and it, it is that. 
there just are too many good teams right now. And so they could, I could see them getting, you know, getting a win off of a respectable team every so often. Like Kuzma and Poole and Jones are good players. Like they, they could, and DeLon Wright heats up the ball. But what sounds more reasonable to you for this team, 19 or 29? 19. Not based on their current construction, but if they lean the way I think they're going to lean. So you think there's, you basically think they're still selling. Yeah, absolutely. But is that, even if they are selling, is that going to affect them that much? It will if they want it to, <laughs> you know, like that sort of, but it could also be like, oh, we're going to give Johnny Davis more minutes, which would be pretty incredible and everything else. And, you know, they have got like, if this team wants to push on the break, they absolutely can. I, I don't think Tyus Jones ends the season on the, on the Wizards. I, I'm tempted to go over bet on this team. Interesting. Um, again, it's because it's 24 and a half and I don't think they're that bad. I think um, on talent, they're the fourth worst team in the league. And they might even be third worst right now because the Blazers still have their guys. I'm going to go over fade is what I'm going to do. I, I do think it's because it's 24 and a half. I think they're better than 24 and a half based on the talent that they have. Then the model thinks in every case that they're better than that. But I get what you're saying, which is what the, why they're selling, which is why I'm fading. There mm-hmm. is a scenario where I see it where like, yeah, they just tank it out like they don't care. But do I think that they're better than 24 and a half? Yes. Would I bet it? No. Yeah, I, th- I think that's completely fair. And they don't have a good rookie of the year guy. Koulibaly is not the type of player that wins rookie year. We don't even know how much he's going to play. And they're... 120 to 1 to win it? No. They don't... I mean, no. They're not that good. No, they're not 120 to one to win that thing. Well, you you know this is a part of why I think that the I mean yes there is like a difference of about seven between the Wizards or some six or whatever between the Wizards and the Hornets, but like the Wizards being 120 to one and the Hornets being 30 to one to win the division, I think gives you an idea that in part they see the difference between these two teams, but then in terms of the over under, it's actually not that different. Yeah, like, Vegas basically thinks. Well, I mean it's six wins, but Vegas I think thinks like it, Vegas is lower on this team because I think they think they're selling. Yeah, but hmm, I'm still looking. I'm still kind of like debating whether I go over bet on this team. Um, now nah, I'm gonna stay fade. I'm gonna stay fade, and I, I don't like any other additional odds. No, it's like they, it's just it's just the surprise, the mystery box, and the mystery box worries me on this team. So yeah, it, it does. Uh, so there isn't any like there isn't any. This isn't like say Oklahoma City where I'm looking at the team and go like, nah, Shea's really good. There's nobody on this team where I'm going like, oh, that guy's like, no, no, and and especially I. I think that there is a scenario where both Poole and Kuzma do well, but the team still does poorly. Where like they if get you ha- if you if you had to bet on a guy from this team to eventually play on a title team, who would you bet on? That's an interesting question. Um, I mean, I, I, as a starter or just any? No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, well, I, you know, top six in the rotation. Let's call it. Oh, top, top six. six. Okay, because I would have said Delon right otherwise. Um, now I'm not going to say Delon. Top six is is a high bar for him. Oh, Ooh. Delon could Delon could be like seven or eight. I, yeah, I, I, I like I, Delon. I, Maybe Abdi. Yeah, Denny. Denny's the yeah. He's he could Abdi. I'm interested a, in Koulibaly. First I thought he, the bench. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I Koulibaly. I, I I was interested in him in summer league. I don't. know. I'm not all the way there yet. But Abdi, like, he's a good defender, and I could see Abdi as somebody who like develops more of like that off-ball flow game when he's yeah. like 27 and he just like it like it kind of works for him in a way that right now it just like his offensive game is just too tentative be, like be more but be more nick batum that kind of sure thing. absolutely 
that's kind of yeah it, it's yeah th- this is not a team where i'm like looking and seeing guys it's like eh, it's the guys that people wanted are kind of gone at this point um so yeah okay uh, I, I'm over fa- I, I think they're gonna win like 26 games remarkably we're staying in the southeast division so this will be the third out of four yes. teams in the same division with the orlando magic the magic won 34 games last year they had the differential of a 35 win team they actually were um relatively lucky in terms of opponent shooting and they were relatively healthy they did have you know like Wendell Carter missed some time and that really mattered for them and Fultz and you know and Jonathan Isaac is Jonathan Isaac um and Vegas thinks they're going to be roughly the same team and I want to give a stat this is not necessarily definitive in terms of what I'm picking but I want to just put this out there for people last year when Franz Wagner Paolo Bancaro and Wendell Carter were on the floor together the Orlando Magic had a plus three differential there was a pretty good team in here last year. The problem is those guys weren't together as much as we would have liked, and almost everything else didn't work as well as we hoped. Is Jonathan Isaac going to be a thing, or, or no? I don't. I, I. I don't. You know, I'll believe it when I see it. It's just the rule now for me with him. Um. So the model thinks that they're a thirty-two and a half win team, so which is slightly worse than last season. I actually kind of disagree a little bit because, and again, there's a lot of young players who I think will continue to develop on this team. Um, and there's some guys with upside on the team. Do I like it enough to play it? No, no. I'm I'm, I'm over fade on this team too. It's just, I'm over it's just, fade I'm, as well. Yeah, again, I'm looking at it and going like because the number's so low now. The number is thir- the over would be thirty six and a half. Well, ooh, ooh. Um, I kind of think this line is very close. I I could see them winning thirty five, thirty six games, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could see them winning forty. Like that for me, part of the reason I'm picking the over is that like that's plausible to me. Absolutely, I could also see them winning thirty. <laughs> I, I'm a big I I. I Franz Wagner has completely converted me. I think his drive game can work. I wish I liked their guards more. I mean, I really if do. Paolo, if pa- the thing is, I'm thinking about it. Like, if Paolo makes a pa- Paolo makes a leap, or if you know Wagner's now Wagner's already kind of good. I mean, like if Fultz is decent, there there's some guys that could kind of carry this a little bit over. So, I'm, <laughs> are you thinking about betting it? Is that the question? I'm thinking if I want to go over or under. Oh, okay. Um, I know I don't. I know I think the line is very well set, so I'm fade. Right. I just don't know which side I'm going to take. Um, I'm leaning. Well, I'm so many over. What the hell? Um, <laughs> five. No, nah, I'm going to go under on this. I'm going to go under fade. Under fade. What do you got? Over fade. Over fade. Yeah. The reason, and again, it's because of thirty. Like I think thirty-four, thirty-five. Do I think they've done enough to get improved? Because no, because there are question marks on both sides. A lot of teams are better. And I don't think this team is actually a good market. Yes, could some guys make a leap. Yes, but I don't know that that's necessarily going to be the case yet. You no. Know, yeah. You know, Paul comes out and it's like comes out like a house on fire. They'll win forty-one games. And and Wagner had a good FIBA World Cup, but not like oh my god, he's a completely new man or anything like that. So I. I but yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of guys in this team. I like and, and the other my hope is that Jamal Mosley gets enough from the guards where it's like the idea I, I, I can't remember which oh OKC is who I brought this up with in the West where it's like if if you can play you get in the rotation if you can't then you're not you know maybe they'll lean more on Anthony Black and Jalen Suggs because they want to see what those guys have but they have enough creation from their front court where it's not as big a deal as it would be for I don't know the Pistons or something you like the division odds at all. No. Okay. No. So uh, me, me, me. I mean, no, no, no. 
Right. And and I'm not a huge fan. So there, um, Anthony Black is uh, a, basically a hundred to one for rookie of the year. He's not, a he's not going to play enough. B he's not going to put up those kind of numbers. Yeah, if if Orlando makes a run, I'll be touting them for like if if Paolo comes out and looks like a you know a real star, then I'll be touting them possibly to win the division. Uh, but not right now. Right now, I, I need to see something before I actually like kind of think uh, anything like that. And again, it's because of Southeast. There's always something that bubbles up in the southeast so it's it's it bears washing right but the price isn't attractive enough at this point for me to kind of jump on that we can go to the central our second central division team is the indiana pacers the pacers last year they won 35 games they had the differential of a 31 win team so they significantly outperformed their differential last year but they did have negative shooting luck and they did have some health issues they halberton missed some time Miles Turner missed some time, though it wasn't like ridiculous. This wasn't a Hornet situation or, you know, New Orleans or anything like that. And Vegas is optimistic relative to that. They, uh, 37 and a half over, 38 and a half under. Yeah, they're expecting them to be like slightly better, maybe two and a half. And uh, yeah, I mean, like the models of 37 for them. Uh, it's an under fade. It basically thinks that the line is pretty well set. Um, I can't disagree with that. Um, yeah, I think Halliburton will play a little more. Uh, I like Halliburton a lot. This is kind of like a little bit like the Oklahoma City. Do I like them enough to think that I'm going to go three wins better? I don't know where those three wins are coming from. So... I don't know that I'm under play on this team, but I, I think I'm under fade on this team too. I, you know, I don't, I don't have a strong take on either side. I, again, I think this team is competitive. Do I think this team is a 41 win? No, I don't think that. Um, I think that they're more like a 36, 37 win. If like this line was a little lower, maybe I'd go over. But like, no, no, not, not, I'm under fade. I like that Kevin Pritchard added some players to their kind of front court line with. They got uh, Jairus Walker and Obi Toppin. I think they'll help out. Even if both those players are a little bit flawed, they just needed so much there. Now Neesmith is in a more manageable role, and they brought in Bruce Brown, who I like quite a bit. But And for me, so I'm much more confident in the fade than either the over or the under here. Correct. If, but the, the reason I'm going under is I think this team needs Tyrese Halliburton to be on the floor to be like— Yes. To be really high-end, and so— if he if I could get a guarantee that he was going to play 74 or more games. Yeah, I mean and I didn't expect the number to be this high. I expected it to be like 34 35 and I would maybe go over. But if it's if I can get 38 37 36, I can cash all those with an under bet. I'm going to do it. For, as a fan. They're, they're missing a guy, right? Yeah, if they have um, they they need a um, one more they, guy. They so one of the challenges for the Pacers is they don't have enough starting caliber players. And they they added some. I mean, I like Bruce Brown. I, I like some of what they did, but they just and maybe maybe it's internal improvement. Somebody like Ben Matherin, somebody like Jarris Walker, Buddy Heel. Do you think they finally do you think they finally cash in the uh, Miles Turner or never? Uh, I'm not going to say never, but I am going to say not now. I think that may be the 24 off yeah. season. Yeah, I, I think that like that. Yeah, I mean, there's not. I think this is a goal set line. I think this team's going to be like, and I'm I'm under, and there's not much much I can say. I don't like their division odds, the 25 to one. Um, and I don't think any of the other odds. And Halliburton's not going to get any love for MVP. Maybe top five if he if that team the team exceeds, but you can't yeah. bet that. And and Jarris Walker, I like, but he's not going to win Rookie of the Year. Like he's he's not going to he, he's shaky with the ball in his hands to begin with. And there are better defensive guys 
if you if you think that a defensive guy can win rookie of the year, which they almost never do, then you hey, can Bucks, get. Hey, if some, you're listening, you should give us top five MVP odds. That would be fun. I would. I would yeah, really because that would be really interesting. Though we would have to do a separate podcast just talking about that. But yeah, like, that oh, would, who do we think is like? Yeah, it's like oh, <laughs> do you like do you like Tyrese Halliburton at like five to one for like oh hey that's maybe maybe. And yeah, as you mentioned, the division and all that—they're they're a little bit too rich. And, and like, I'm an, I'm a Pacers optimist overall, but I yeah, don't but think that I'm a Pacers optimist in the immediate. And I mean, I love Tyrese, but it's it's just not quite there. Their play, their player win. I don't know how to manufacture that player. Now their we player, get to their, their player away from like making the playoff. I mean, sure. you know what? I think they they make the play in possibly. But. They absolutely could. I mean, and it's it's interesting that they're really close with the Magic because like they're those teams are constructed differently. But like I could see their destinies being kind of similar. Where it's like gun, gun to your head, which which team do you think wins more games, Orlando or Indiana? Orlando. And yeah, my 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 over, maybe, my overs and unders. One, but maybe one game. It's gonna be close. Yeah, so I think Orlando maybe win thirty six and Indiana win thirty five. If I had to guess. Yeah. Which means I'm kind of like I should probably no, but no, I don't trust that enough. I could it could flip the other way, so I don't trust that enough because I you know I do like some of the guys. I think Halliburton have played seventy five games and yeah, they go. Oh, but I don't know that that's gonna happen. So uh, who knows? Throw my hands up in the air as an effect there. Now we get to one of the more interesting, to me, lines in the game, and that is the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors won 41 games last year, but they had the differential of a 45-win team. They also had the third—they were the third least lucky team in opponent shooting last year. They did, of course, lose Fred Van Vliet and replaced him with Dennis Schroeder, which is not exactly the most inspiring. They lost Nick Nurse and— Replaced him with um oh god it's it's, it's Rajajovic I I I don't have Rajakovic 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 um who uh, who hasn't head coached before but it was generally well regarded in the league but you know uh, first time head coaches I don't I don't put a thumb on the scale either way because I don't know and I so so I was like oh this is going to be this team had checked out a little bit on Nick Nurse they had and and I mean. I wouldn't have. I argued that they should do a sell-off, that they should try to move Siakam, they should try to move OG and Obi, that the writing was on the wall, and especially once Fred Van Vliet was gone and Gary Trent opted in, which he might still be gone relatively soon. We'll have to see on that. They did not, and I was genuinely floored by this line because Vegas said it at thirty-six and a half. Whether you want to go over or under, I thought this was going to be at least forty, even though you knew yeah, less. Historic, well, but historically, it, the, the the Raptors are like the least one of the least public teams. So eighty yeah. percent of the time they go over. So it being set low when they're kind of moved. That's on the it's his, it's it's historically forward. in line. So I'm not going to think about it too much. I think rookie head coach. They reset some of this. I think they were better than their record last year and even though they lost some guys the models project them at 40 and yeah i think that this is enough i think they're gonna win 40 41 games um and this will be an over over now you might be you might yeah you might be sweating it a little bit at the end of the season so there might be like a 36 wins with a game left like when they're playing i'm assuming they're gonna play like philly last game of the season i'm not i'm not looking again but i'm assuming it's gonna be like philly or new york last game of the season which i can actually check i've got the sim in front of me so i can actually like i i I have it um they're finishing the season with two games against miami oh that's interesting um yeah so basically you could be sitting there like last games of the season and then you're trying to like you're playing on those two games to see it so they might be like at 35 wins and and they need to win two or like 36 yeah. and, and so but, I, but, I think that like again i think that like it's an over bet don't think about it too much until you get closer to the end mm-hmm. of the season and because here's, I, uh, here's yeah. the other reason why it's an over bet for me 
their defense is going to be at least top half. Like they're yeah. they have Yaka Pertle, they have Siakam at least for now, they have Scotty Barnes at least for now, they have OG and Anobi at least for now. And maybe they make some of those moves. A, those moves aren't coming until at least 25, 30 games in the season. Like, that's the earliest, realistically, any of these things happen. And their offense is going to be worse without Fred Van Vliet. It is stunning that they were 12th last year. One of my favorite stats from the 22-23 season was that Toronto became the first team in the history of the NBA to have the best turnover rate on offense and defense. So that means forcing the most and turning it over the least. That will change with Fred Van Vliet gone because he's good at both those things. But... They're they're better than this. It's an overplay. Yeah, and I mean, again, we're not talking like again because this line is a thirty six and a half. I think if the line had been a thirty eight and a half or thirty nine and a half, both of us would have been like, eh. but no, we we kind of we kind of both look at it, and I think that's a, that's too low. And historically, that it's borne out that like uh, you know people the U S you know people in the U S don't bet on the on the Raptors over. So it's just just take it and then watch out for it like late on for the last few games to see if you need to kind of take some action against it right um there's nothing for mvp here nothing for rookie of the year that'd be that'd be grady dick who's not going to win rookie of the year in all likelihood it'd be pretty interesting if he did Uh, i don't like the division odds no i mean like it's like 20 it's like 25 to 1 right like they're that's uh, but the problem is they're very clear they're very clearly the worst team in that division they're uh, there's one that we'll talk about that's in the mix, no, but, the, but, uh, but yeah, but they're still. I, I mean, winning this division is going to take fifty, probably, and that they're, yeah. this is not a fifty win. Team. Uh, it's going to take more than fifty, I think. I yeah, mean, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that, but it's yeah. I mean, they're not they're not going to do that. Yeah, like, but even if let's say even if their injuries and stuff beset one or two of the top teams, like it's still going to be a high bar. So yeah, none of that stuff is fantastic for them. Yeah. So we could move to the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls in a big turn. From the year before, when DeRozan was the clutch player of the year before they gave the award, last year they significantly underperformed their differential. They had the differential of a 44-win team, but they only won 40. And while Lonzo Ball, unfortunately, his past and present injury future is dispiriting, the Bulls were actually very healthy other than him. I'll note that Zach Levine was recovering from a knee issue, but he still did play. Like he played, I think he played in the 70s in terms of games played last year. And Vegas basically has them as taking a step back, has them in, in the uh, the over-under is set at 37.5. Yeah, the, the model thinks that's a, I mean, they've got it, it's got it at 39.5, but there's a big discrepancy. It's like from 45 to 35, and it's about split evenly in terms of of what uh to choose so like on the fault when that does that it goes for under um i I, kind of think this team is at a crossroads a little bit um i mean they should they should be but they're not (sighs) arturis isn't going to tear down this team midway unless they're so terrible at the start of the year but but do they listen to offers sack i think only if they're like clearly out of it is this a team that could be a dance partner for portland Mm, they don't have the assets. Remember, they still owe first round picks from the from the DeRozan deal. Yeah. So what? And they don't have the, good young players. What's a draft like for this team? Port. They own. Oh, they own Portland. Portland's. They they own Portland's protected uh, one to fourteen, and they have their own pick. Um, yeah, they have their own pick this year, but then they owe it to San Antonio. It's top ten protected ish for a couple of years. I'm tempted. Well. 
I'll be tempted to go under, but it's thirty-seven and a half. So it's I think so, that, it's stunning to have a, a a team in a market this big be have a have an, a number this low. Like it's not like, it's not like they lost anybody. It's not like their best player I, left. I mean, or anything. I would say over, but <laughs> just over by the bear. I'm an overfade, and I hate it. I hate it so I'm much. An over, yeah, I'm an overfade, and I hate it. I agree with that. I, that that is like because I'm much stronger on the fade because I I think what well, I think they're gonna win what 38, 39, 40. I don't think that. I don't think I'm I'm. Could I see them winning 35 games? Yeah, yeah, totally. I could totally see it. If somebody like if if things don't quite break well, um, could I see them winning? T- 43 who sure i mean they had the differential of a 44 win team last year like they could is this team better than worse than last year's team they're basically the same i mean they didn't change too much and they're on the older side so you could say there'll be a little bit of age-related regression but not a ridiculous amount the Uh, other uh, thing you could argue and i would is that the east in total is a little like it's a little better in the middle this year than it was last year so that could take some wins off their board and give them two other teams that we'll discuss in a bit but not who that much. Th- who do you think wins more games? The Pacers, the Raptors, or the Bulls? Raptors. Oh, I think the Pacers are third. Um, God, I hate the Raptors offense so much. Um, are the pa- are the Pacers third? I think so. Ugh. I can totally see that. I mean, uh, flip a coin. I don't know. Um, yeah, I- I'm gonna overfade. I-, <sighs> I I hate it. I hate, I hate it. it. I hate it. I hate it. I'm betting. I'm betting on the on the Raptors. But yeah, like, I hate it. I could. Yeah. And because of that, we're we're thinking about these numbers. So like their division odds, it's it no. is it is two hundred and thirty to one. But they're no, in the same no, division. It's, it's not two hundred and thirty. It's it's twenty three. Oh, it's twenty three. Sorry. Yeah, it's not two hundred thirty. Like you know, it's if it was two thirty, then I would probably consider betting it. It's um, like uh, I have the Bulls at eleven percent to win that. But again, it's obviously because of a lot of variation at this point. And Pacers at five. I but I don't like it though. And they're not going to have an MVP. I mean, if DeRozan was going to win it, it would have been a couple years ago, and they weren't that good. He wasn't that good, so they're not going to do that. And they don't have a rookie for rookie of the year, so too bad. Yeah, yeah, Let's, yeah. Hate it. Let's move on. Plenty more to discuss, but first a message from FanDuel. Snap into action this season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That is $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, which I love, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or over and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. The Hawks won 41 games last season, and Vegas thinks they're going to be a little bit better. It's at 42.5. The model, it's 42.5 for both sides. The model has them at 41.4 and is an underfade on them. It's, I mean, it's kind of saying that the line's pretty well set. Um, yeah, I mean, have they, well, I mean, they lost John Collins, right? Um, but I don't know that it's necessarily like, that's significantly a downgrade for them based on kind of how they shift everything around. 
I mean, it um, depends. It, it puts more pressure on everyone else to stay healthy. Yeah. Like that's the the big challenge with just straight up talent dumping a guy. They do have Sadiq Bay now, and I like Sadiq Bay, and I think he could be a good fit for them. I mean, one of the huge stories last year is like consistently the Hawks have been a very good offensive team when Trey Young has been on the floor. And even last year, some of that stuff was a little less ridiculous. So like last year, they had a, a 118.7 offensive rating, which was very good. But still, that was the worst of the last three years. Um, but the thing is, they brought in DeJounte and you're like, oh, well, they're going to be better on offense there. Eh, not really. Like they that, that part was still a weak point. And I, I mean, I'm an overfade. I think this is a very, very well set line. But I, like when I look at the Hawks, and like I, you know, I've watched this team a lot over the years. I think they can play. You know, when I, when I think about last year, I think of last year as being kind of a little bit below their standard. And they still have Trey. And I think that there's, you know, we talked at length about the Mavericks and their implosion potential in the Western Conference portion of this podcast. I think the Hawks have some of that too. But my instinct is, if there is one, it won't happen in season. I'm looking at this and going, like, can I see more wins for this team? I mean, it, they're not going to play Capella more, which is something that I would like them to, but they're not going to do it. They, they haven't done it so far. And um, Oh, here's the other reason I'm over and not under. Quinn Snyder having a full season. I like Quinn Snyder. I think he's a good coach. Whew. Oh, you just talked me into the under. There we go. Ah. Oh, Quinn Snyder, under. Under. Under fade, though. Um, can I say I like the under and also say I like their no no division's two thirty it's not good eh, it's it's not good enough there's like five hundred I think about it ah uh, the I southeast like... where you don't like the division odds for anybody because all those teams aren't <laughs> the, all, none of well, those the, teams the are deserving of trust I don't like them now I just said, <laughs> I think repeated times like let me watch a month of the of these teams and then I'll figure out which one I like and which one is underpriced and because of the way the season works because before it's before Christmas I still will get probably a decent price. Right. Point. Um, and even if you even if you lose some of it, you you gain so much more confidence, and then you'll you'll sacrifice that for the information you gain. And Trey, Trey, Trey's not going to win MVP. Under, I'm saying they're exact same team, and like I'm comfortable saying the Hawks are the stack same team are slightly worse because they lost John Collins, and I like John Collins, so eh, it's fine. Trey is sixty to one to an MVP. He's not going to. No. I, I, I like Trey, but no, that's not going to happen. Not this. I mean, like they're not just again. Part of this, like for MVP, is like you have to like. Do I think this team will win more than fifteen? The answer is no. I don't think this team is going to win. Um. So like, I if I don't think that, then I don't like. If you think Trey has a shot at MVP, bet did well, actually. Eh, if you think this team is going to do better, actually, I don't know because again, I don't think Trey's going to win. Right. So Trey has Trey top five before. I don't, I don't think, think so. So, yeah, no, I don't think he's going to win. So, like, I was just like, yeah, I wish that division odd wasn't 230. Yeah. Like, if at some point they do it, like, there might be a point where, like, if it goes to, like, 500, then I think about it. But, like, at 230, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not biting. Okay. So, anything else on the Hawks? They don't have a rookie of the year candidate no. that, that moves me at all. So, and, the, you know, we already talked about division and all that type of stuff. So I think we can move on to the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets, I don't know that their prior year stuff really matters too much. They did win 45 They won 45. They won 45, but they did it with a largely different roster. They were worse down the stretch, though they weren't horrendous. They were worse down the stretch and then got dispatched. They are back with actually a, a somewhat similar roster to what they ended last season with, um, though they did shed a few players to get under the 
tax, which moves. So like the Nets, they had this offseason. This happens every once in a while. I think they had a successful offseason, but they didn't have an offseason that made their team better. Like that, that makes sense where it's just like they had other goals. They accomplished their other goals and they made justifiable sacrifices there. The over-under set at 37.5. And the, the model actually quite likes, well, doesn't love the roster, but it thinks it's a 500 team, uh, which... I, I mean, basically, they got all the 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 role players and some of the interesting stuff from from Phoenix, and then they got some players that are decent. And again, overall, it's a bunch of guys that would be great at four, five, or six on a good team, right? So, again, competent NBA players. Um, I, you know, I think it's to me, it's an over. I don't know whether it's a play or not, though. I, I, it's a fade for me, um, in part because the team that I saw after the deadline just didn't have enough juice offensively, and they're they're one of those groups that is like they make sense defensively, but I don't think they're superlative. Like for example, like I think the Raptors will have a better defense than the Nets will this year, but the Nets will be good. They'll be respectable on that end, but I think they're a bottom five. Yeah, off and the Raptors. Raptors well, sorry, bottom half off. It's not bottom five. I think the Raptors have a have a have a better top have a better have a better top two than Brooklyn, right? Same. So Scott Scotty and Pascal are better than anybody on this on the on this team, right? I love Mikhail. Uh, so I'd say Mikhail is in the conversation there, but Pascal has more of a track record at least so far, and Mikhail Bridges had a nice run. The other weird thing about the Nets is that. They did well on the minimum market, but they're they're not that deep. Like they traded away some of their depth to save money, and so like, you're leaning more on Spencer Dinwiddie than I'd like. You're leaning more on Cam Johnson than I'd like. He, of course, has some health stuff. And also, the other weird thing about Brooklyn is I don't know that they can play their five best players together because of, like some of the spacing issues and everything else. So. I always worry a little bit about teams like that, but I do like Jacques Vaughn. I think he's a good coach. Uh, I think this team is going to win like forty games. Yeah, I'm an over. I'm an over yeah, fade. Yeah, I'm. An, I'm trying to decide whether I'm an over better or an over fade. Could I see this team win? It's a thirty-seven and a half. Could I see this team win forty-three? Um, no. Could I see this team win thirty-two? No, not really. So yeah, I think I'm an over fade on this team too. Um, I think it's just looking at it and going like. 37 and a half is a low number. So I'm looking at it and going like, eh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the games that you and I have played a lot over the years is like you imagine this team wins this exact number. And so it's like they win they win 37, 38. They win 38 games. So like that's that's really like the line here. How would you feel about their season? You'd be like, "Eh, that's fine." You know, I'd be I think it'd be below the median. And so if it's below the median, I should go over. Does it feel like if you played the over on this team, you're going to have a chance to make your money back? Like, they'll be at 37 at some point in the last week of the season. Like, Brooklyn's going to end with who? Like, Brooklyn will end with, like, uh, I'd guess Philadelphia or something. Or the Knicks. Uh, eh, probably not the Knicks. Uh, anyway. They actually, so they end with Philadelphia and the Knicks. Those are the last two games. And, and, and then right before that, the Raptors. Guys, I am not looking. at like, it's like, I think I'm I think at this point I'm like three for four at like guessing like the last games of the season for people. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like you'd be going to that game. The Knicks are probably like clinched uh, and might be rest like clinched a playoff spot, and they're resting guys. And the the Nets are playing for the tenth for the for the play in for the so, eight seed or whatever for the eight seed or whatever. So like, I'm kind of I may be talking myself into over bet on this team. Jack Bones is a good coach. Well, the the other the other thing with the Nets, and this is part of why I'm over not under is 
I don't think they're going to sell further from this point. Like, I don't know that they're... And uh, let me look up. I believe this year their pick is unprotected to Houston. Yes, it is. It's unprotected to Houston. Yeah, I'm going to go over bet on this team. It's okay. just because I, I'm just, like, looking at it, like, logically and thinking. And if you think about how they, the season plays out, I think they'll be competitive in things like the tournament. They'll want to make it into the play-in. It's 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 a lot of guys. I think yeah, thirty. I could totally see them finishing thirty nine, forty, or forty one. You know, and then losing. You know, maybe maybe get the eight seed and getting pasted by the Celtics in the round one. I mean, that's or or Philly, right? That 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 seems like the season script for the Brooklyn Nets, right? I yeah. And yeah, they don't have a star, but again, like you know, who are we talking about in front of? Like, are they better than team? Like. Who wins more games, the Nets or the Hawks? The Hawks. Right? I think the Hawks do, but but it's, it's close. It's close enough. Who wins more games, the Nets or the Bulls? <laughs> it's close, right? Ugh. Nets or the Pacers? Nets. Yeah. So, like, if we're, if we're thinking, and we like we we like the Pacers, but yeah, I mean, like we we yeah, I mean, like thirty-seven and a half. We kind of thought about it. I mean, like yeah, it's thirty-seven and a half. I think they're good enough to win thirty-seven and a half, right? I, I think that's that's over. I think can they could I see them winning forty-three games? Maybe, maybe. Nah, balls are good. Good. They're they're really on the border of what makes a bet or a fade for me. I'm gonna take the bet. But I'm gonna make the caveat that like if you're betting the over on the Nets, you should be watching the games to end the season, right? Oh, I've got a thirty. Like yeah, when they like when they like be be aware of when they could go under that thirty-seven, right, or over that thirty-seven. So like you can do that because again, I, I think that they'll. I don't think this team will not compete. Will stop competing at any. I don't think this team is gonna tank or stop competing. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And there isn't anything in their division, conference, anything like that, and they don't. They're Oh rookies. no 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 no! They're, I mean, they're twenty-two to one to win the division, but I wouldn't take that number. Yeah, no, they're not. They need to win ten or twelve more games than I feel comfortable even thinking about them winning. Now we come to a really interesting team, and that is the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat made the NBA Finals, obviously last year. They, but they only won forty-four games. They had the differential of a forty-one win team last year, and I would argue they were. Relatively healthy last year, and they're worse now in terms of overall talent. They lost Max Struess. They lost yes. Gabe Vincent. They are— But— a, But— Like, there is a possibility, and I think that's actually played into the line, that they're going to trade for Damian Lillard. Of course. Um, I don't believe they're going to get that trade done. Um, I don't or, think they're going to get that trade done before the season starts. I don't believe they're going to get that trade done because their offer sucks, and I think there's some real kind of animos against like them get. I don't think the league would be very favorable, and I do think that like that pressure is is playing a part here. Like I think somebody will step up with a better offer and it'll get it done. This is a team that's also older, so the regular season is bad for them. As but again, you know, obviously it's it's Bo who will basically get as much as he can out of this roster. But my take on this team, this is this is an easy under bet for me Same. at that forty eight and a half number. That that on that like remember what I said? Like I was struggling with uh, with uh, I was struggling with the Hawks because I'm thinking you know somebody's gonna win this. Like you gotta bet like this is why I say like you gotta watch the Southeast and figure out who could who's gonna challenge Miami this year because I do think that there's a real chance that like that Southeast division is gonna be in play the last week of the season. Who's who's playing? Miami's playing what? I'm assuming they're playing like the Wizards and the Hornets the last week of the. Like, what are they playing the last three or four games? No, no, we already said it. Miami's playing uh, two games against Toronto to close the season. Yeah, two games um, against Toronto, and that's preceded by Dallas and Atlanta. Yeah, so 
you figure that that though that those two that those two Toronto games and Heat games are like are going to be high leverage for the division, and because I, it always comes down to it, and I think Miami, I could totally see him going like like forty three, forty two, forty four, right? So I think they see them repeating. So could I see this team winning forty games? Yes, yes, I totally could. Could I see them winning fifty three? No, not really. I mean, like, they're, I don't think they're going to play that hard in the season, and I don't believe they're going to swing a Dame trade. And as much as I like Spo, it doesn't play as well during the regular season when he's trying to rest his guys. So yeah, I'm under bet, easy. I'm under bet as well. That said, they're still a dangerous playoff team should they make it there. Jimmy Butler is an absolute monster. Bam Adebayo still has his moments. Um, so, but their division odds are—I mean, their division odds no, are, are crazy no, no. because that division is terrible. Um, I wish I could bet the—I wish I could bet the field. Uh, uh, but I kind of can. Hold on, wait. Southeast, don't bet Charlotte uh, or Wizards. I mean, take the Magic and the the Hawks be 230 and 750 you probably take both of those if you really wanted to but again as i said i i would probably wait out as always happens wait out a couple weeks after the season starts figure out who's playing well in the southeast and then look for odds on that because again i think there's going to be there's going to be money in somebody in the southeast that is miami um That's- they're they're 4.5 to 1 to win the conference in the like the postseason to represent Ooh. them in the finals it's interesting but i wouldn't bet it but here's the thing. It's the same thing that happened this year. Um, there was a lot of money to be made on the series odds for, for, for Miami. And sure. Let's assume that Miami comes in as a six seed. There's going to be money in taking Miami against, like, dumb – like, you know, there's going to be margin in taking Miami and the points in different games, right? Because both teams generally outperform and you can get some money off of that. So, like, I wouldn't worry too much about the futures for Miami because there's going to be better opportunities for it. Right now, I'd be like, ah, whatever. It's fun, but but again, I think I think Miami is the easiest under bet I've placed in the East so far. I think it's it's the easiest one. Like, yeah, no, easy, easy. Like of all the bit, like that's the easiest one. I haven't had to think about it. I think you're getting like you're getting like four games on that one, easy, right? Four and a half games, maybe. So it's it's it's, it's fine. If this line was like forty five and a half, I might think about it. But it's forty eight, so I'm, oh, God. And I love Jimmy, but he's not going to win a regular season MVP no, for I mean, a couple different is, reasons. This is, this is pricing in the Dame thing. If the Dame thing does happen, then we can feel free to revisit, and I'll and I'll and I'll and I'll put something up on Twitter. But like, I don't think it's going to happen because the Miami offer is too low, right? So, so basically, if you consider that, then yeah. And and even if you think like I'm more optimistic than you that it is going to happen, I don't think it's going to happen right away. Yeah. 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 It's it just again it's one of those things where it feels like somebody will block it somehow. Next team, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who won fifty one games last year, uh, and the not o- not only did they not only did they win fifty one games last year. This is going to tee up my prediction here. They had the differential of a fifty five win team. They were relatively unlucky in opponent shooting, though they were relatively healthy last year. Over under is set at. 50 basically so 49 and a half if you want to go over 50 and a half if you want to go under i understand why some will be skeptical i'm an overplay um yeah the models typically like kind of underrate them a little bit um i think partly because a lot of their value is on defense uh strong very strong up front uh like mobley garland uh mitchell jared allen are all really really good there's a little bit of a weakness if you get further down maybe i like them a little more um I'm torn on this team. So you you're over bet on this team? Yes. Um 
do I think they're better than last year? Um, eh, probably like a little bit better. Um, I'm gonna be like a coward and go overfade. I think. Um, fifty-one. Hold on. I'm looking at the different odds on these teams. So they're uh, they're two ten. I think I probably okay. So I'm gonna go over Fabe, but I think I like their I like their odds to win the uh, the division better than I like their uh, their overplay. Interesting. So um, what, let's walk through those division odds then. Well, I mean, like the models at forty seven. They're kind of saying that their four wins better than the model, even though the differential was the differential of like who did they lose from last year? Have they lost anybody? I don't think they lost anybody. Did they? Uh, they. They traded Jetty Osman for Max Drews, which I think is an upgrade. That's an upgrade. Um, let me let me pull up their chart. Are they better or worse? Than- uh, this, they this they thing- lost. I mean, technically speaking, they lost Danny Green and Robin Lopez, but those guys didn't play a ton for them. This team is always like, and a they struggle. got Niang, the minivan. This team is always a struggle. Um, they are. Under means I'm going under. I'm saying 50 games. And am I saying they're a better team than they eh, No, I'm going to stick with overfade. I'm going to stick with overfade. I would bet the division odds for the Cavaliers at 210. I like that number. Um, for, because I think that like the upside on them is the downside. So I could see them winning 54, 55, maybe like, or maybe even 52. And then like the Bucks just don't win that many games because the Bucks are old, right? Um, so I think I'm, I'm probably, you know, this is foreshadowing, but like given what I'm going to do with the Bucks, I think that the uh, division odds are better for the Cavs right now. Although you might be able to get a better number on the Cavs like a little later on in the season, which kind of they they're a team that like basically fades a little bit once the season starts in terms of uh, that. But at two ten, I think is is decent enough number that I would think about it. There is not anybody on Cleveland that I like for MVP. Donovan Mitchell at thirty one no. at thirty one to one. That's pretty pretty bold. And I you know I I do really like Darius Garland. Darius Garland is not going to win Most Valuable Player this year. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, and I don't think Mullen's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe. He could. Uh, I, li- I still like him. Yeah, I think, to me, the real key for this team is the more Jared Allen and uh, Mobley play uh, is is the key. Because when those two guys play, their defense is like god tier. Um, and so, like, you know, everything else, I mean, great. You you want the, the offensive improvement. But the key is those two guys kind of eating everything at, at, the, uh, at the rim. Um and uh, on the way to the basket. So yeah, I mean, I yeah, I mean, I and, understand. I understand why I'm over. I understand why I'm afraid. And then their their conference and title odds. It's of course priced against some to some degree their regulars their playoff struggles from last year. Um, their you know so it's nine point five to one to win the conference and then uh, twenty to one to win the finals. Yeah, I never, uh, the I one never, I never I never like first time teams so this kind yeah, of yeah I would be more interested if you're a Cavs optimist of those numbers in their getting the number one seed but just bet their division odds more heavily if that's what you want. Yeah, I think again I think the two ten is good. I think there'll there'll be a space where you might be able to get that number higher. Uh, I'd have to look at their schedule to see if they have a West Coast swing early. Because typically those, like if they have like one of these road trips early, that might be a good opportunity for you to buy like a, them at like get them at like four hundred or something. Um, eh, but yeah, that's I think that's the the money bet for them is the division more than anything else, right? You'll get a bit of price on that. Um, next team up, the Milwaukee Bucks to fire their coach. They won fifty eight games last year. Vegas thinks they're five and a half games worse and has them at fifty two and a half. And, and part uh, and part of that is probably they had the differential of a fifty two win team last year. They, it dramatically exceeded their their. They won a lot of close games. Also, 
they're also one of the oldest teams in the league. They are. Um, and the model w- has them at 49 and a half. So it's like 49 and one. So it has them lower and it has them as an under bet. Um, but I'll let you kind of kind of talk through that. It, it's the Bucks are a real challenge because they last year so they I said they had the differential of a fifty two win team. So even if we're not counting the fifty eight, we're not getting anchored to a number that doesn't necessarily reflect how they play. Chris Middleton missed a lot of last year and even wasn't wasn't typically right when he did play. That's why sometimes games played can be even a little bit misleading. But there are other key guys. You know, Brooke played more than I expected last year. Drew played more than I expected last year. Giannis was around the around the line. So like the overall health of the team wasn't ridiculously bad. It was it was you know worse than you'd like, but not ridiculous. I I, I mean historically, Chris Middleton is on the backside of his trajectory. Is the way oh, of course, yeah. of course. So, but but you'd expect him to play more than like twenty. I think it was twenty six games last year, something like that. Um, the, but the, the thing that, so I understand why the models are, are skeptical of the Bucks. They not only, not only are they one of the older teams, so they, they have very little in terms of young play, like internal improvement options. Let's put it that way, because they don't really have young guys who could step into larger roles. Those spots are mostly occupied by other Antetokounmpo's and they also are replacing while you and I have expressed plenty of skepticism about Mike Budenholz over the years, they're, they're replacing him, who is a very good regular season coach, if not an outright great one, with somebody who's unproven, with, with Griffin. And we'll see how Adrian Griffin does in this role. It does seem like he has the buy-in of Giannis. So all of there are a lot of things here to make you think that the under is reasonable. And, and I'm not going to – I'm a fade here, I will tell you that outright. The reason uh, – So one trick – and I've and I've said this before. Spurs three coaches are extremely good system coaches and organization coaches, and making your team consistent on a night to night basis. What they're terrible on is because they're very good at consistency and system. Is when you have to make adjustments on the fly. So they are predictable, and so somebody like Spo who can make tactical adjustments on the fly will typically give Spurs three coaches fits. Because he will make these adjustments that they will not, they they will, they don't want to deviate from their system. So he'll lay traps for what their systemic behavior is going to be. But from a regular season perspective, having that consistency on a night to night basis is really really good at success. So there is there is a like you're trading you're trading one thing for another. So I do think that like getting rid of Bullen Bullenholzer did actually adjust some of his critical flaws. So I think he didn't, you know, I, I don't think it necessarily was fair to get rid of him. I understand why they did it. So I do think that it's going to be a down way not to have him. So I, I think that the age of this team and kind of what we're looking at makes me an under on this play. Now, whether it's a bet or not is what I'm kind of like in my head question because it is a lot, right? So we're saying that like the under is, 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 is it has to be like six games worse. Are they six games worse than last year? Maybe. I mean, the uh, model certainly think so. I'm an overfade um, in part. I, I just think Giannis is a wonderful regular season player, and I think that he was below the standard that I expected for him last year. And and he's probably not the best. He's not the best regular season guy in the league. Jokic has that has that crown until somebody takes it from him. But Giannis can be a huge defensive difference maker, even if Brook Lopez doesn't have the yeah, year that he gets, did. It, 
it gets underrated that like a, like a lot of the guys like Giannis is a defensive force, but in part because of a lot of the guys he had a lot of these helpers that like he's a force, but they made everything about that defense. But then again, you're going from a really good systems coach to kind of an unproven proven commodity, right? But the, but the players, I I don't think they're going to change the defensive scheme that much. I think you know you have Brook Lopez on your team, you have Giannis on your team, you have Drew Holiday on your team. You're going to do you're going to do a lot of things similarly to that, and you know they. You know, if you want to go back multiple years, you know, Brooke Lopez only played 13 games two years ago, and then he played 70 the year before that. When he's been around, their defense has generally been pretty good. And offensively, last year, Milwaukee was 13th in the league, and that was still good enough, you know, to have that kind of differential. I think they'll, they'll be a little bit better than that, but maybe not dramatically, but... I, I'm I'm over fate. That's just, I don't I don't know that I need to delve into it too much more than that. So wait, wait. Uh, you know what? I didn't get. Uh, yeah. So you're over fade on the Bucks, and whoa. that's a so lot I, of overs for me, by the way. Yeah, you're right now. You're at 15 overs and 11 unders. I'm at 14 overs and like I'm I'm under. I don't know if I'm player or not on this team. That's the part that I'm kind of like. So do I think they're they're a 51 team? Where I'm under fade, I believe. I kind of think 51, 52, 53 is where they're going to be. I think the line is pretty well set up. I'm leaning towards the underside, but I'm not leaning as strongly as the model is. So my take is under but faded, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I understand mentally it's like this is an older team. They, 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 I think they downgraded coach, at least for the regular season. And I think there's some real structural issues with their defense. Um, they're very talented, but like, I mean, how much are they going to be willing to grind this out during the season is kind of the question I have. Um, they honestly should make some moves to get younger, right? I think that's the other kind of like, I mean, I don't know how tuned in they are to that, but they really should think about like moving guys like Middleton, maybe. Um, I, by they, the way, if they're good, those moves probably aren't going to happen right now because they've re-signed Lopez and Middleton, so it could happen in season, but it would just be you know right yeah, away. They need, yeah, they need they need some sort of youth movement to kind of help and kind of restart a little bit because I do think that like it right now. I mean, I understand like the logic of getting to the playoffs and like I've mentioned and the other that it's for the playoffs is easier on the bets and the older players because there's some restrictions that kind of go away. But you still kind of need like the, when you start getting to the age that this team is getting, it, it becomes like really bad because even if you do take those shortcuts. Then there's a limit. You start getting into injuries and like, you're like just like not like the recovery time doesn't even like kind of get there. So I I would tend to think that they do need to make some moves at this point. So yeah, I'm under. I'm fade. Uh, I don't like their division odds at all, and I'm not in love with any of the other features. I don't like the conference or like I don't. I would. I honestly think they're like the third at best team in this. Uh, conference i mean depends i mean maybe uh, doc's not around anymore so i, I put him third maybe fourth depending at this point depending on how giannis because giannis is a fourth of nature but even like i don't i don't love them enough to think that they can win the title that makes sense it does um and Giannis, his mvp odds a 5.5 to 1 i think that's uh, yeah, but, the, but again I, I think it's gonna be really hard for them i think that's a little strong i love Giannis. i think that him having the second strongest mvp odds is completely fair but I also don't think that five Who's five points. Rank these three teams in terms of wins: Denver, Philadelphia, and Milwaukee. I'm gonna go. This will spoil a little, a little bit, but Denver, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. 
Oh, okay. I would I would think that Philly, Boston, and Denver, thinking of teams that had guys who finished in top five, are all going to have more wins than Milwaukee this this year. That's kind of what I feel like. And given that, then I I can't I can't, I can't love uh, Giannis's like MVP odds. So. Yeah. We can move on to the New York a Knickerbockers. Surprising, yes, third place in the East per the model, the New York Knickerbockers. Yes, but they are. This will become very relevant. Um, so they they have forty seven win season. They had the differential of a forty nine win team, though they were pretty healthy last year overall. Yeah. And so that's what happened. Major market, obviously, won around in the playoffs. They're over under set at 43 and a half. You want to go over 44 and a half. If you want to go under, this is one of the easiest over bets on the board. Well, historically, the Knicks are an under bet historically because they're typically underpriced. But for some reason, uh, no, I mean, I think this year, this is an easy, easy over bet. Um, this team was quite good. Uh, they're not playing rookies. They're really not playing rookies this year. They're not putting out any rookies and it's all like vet players. This team should be better than they were last year. And and really, if they're just exactly the same team as they are as they were last year, I mean, it's it's a one year older, so it's a young team. You'd expect them to win like forty eight games, and that would be four and a half games over where the line is. So yeah, this is one of the easiest play on the board, and like it's weird that it's the Knicks, but like yeah, you know, yeah, over bet. Wasn't uh, there a year? Line. It was a couple of years ago. Was it last year? Maybe no. Where? It, was, it was no. It, it was last year. It was it, we just went over? Like, like yeah, it was just things. like it, it was a weirdly low line, and then they of course blew through it. And yeah, I, I, this this year is exactly the same. It's like we're looking at it. Like, and again, here's the other thing that happens. I think we mentioned it last year. It's like, uh, you know, their coach, you know, is going to basically win. It's his, his proven track record is winning as many regular season games as he can. He's going to play like a really short rotation. And again, it's a, it's a it's a strong roster across the board. I mean, like it's 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 got depth. Their worst player is probably their highest paid player, <laughs> Barrett. Uh, but but even he's not he's not their highest paid player for the record. Uh, is it Randall? I believe so. Yeah, but I mean, like, and they got like some really nice guys behind him. And, I mean, Jalen uh, Brunson had a monstrous year. Yeah, just like just just it's a it's a team with like some really really good talent. Uh, whoever's like putting together the rosters is doing a really good job on them, and and they've been very consistent, very good. I mean, like they've been good the last few years, and there's no reason for me to think that they're going to drop below forty three and a half. There's there's nothing personnel wise that changed that made me think that. Then again, they're also not running any rookies. Really, they're not getting rookies. They're not getting minutes on this team, really. So, yeah, it's a young team that's getting a little bit older and a little bit better. And I think that this is the easiest over bet that I've seen so far for this side. It is, and at the same point, you can say all that the Knicks like it's easy over bet. Um, who wins so, more? Who wins more, the Cavaliers or the Knicks? I think the Cavs do, but it could be close. They're both, Ca- yeah. And I agree with that. The the the, the Knicks or the or the Heat. It feels crazy to say this, but I, I think it. Well, so the Knicks, as presently constructed, but we'll acknowledge the possibility that the Heat. Yes, are. yes. I mean, like, okay, obviously, before any possibility of a Damian Lillard trade, but yes, yeah. I mean, they won. The Knicks won three more games than the Heat last year, and there's nothing changed. Like, and the Heat are worse. Right, right now, the Nick, the Heat are worse, and the Knicks are probably better. So, yeah, spe- yeah. Spe- I mean, they made an in-season trade where they got Josh Hart, who helped them, and he'll be around for the full year. And I see the weirdest thing about the Knicks is like I don't see anything. 
something that's prime for regression with them. Like you see, sometimes a team has a has a has a really good year, and they're and people are excited about it. And you're like, oh, they're, they're. it's like no. I mean, the Knicks they had they had a good year. They were legitimately. I was surprised at how strong their offense was, and it wasn't like they had extraordinary shooting luck, which they did. A couple of years ago, when they when they were the four seed, nothing like that. They were just a good basketball team, and they're a good basketball team again. You know what's a good bet? I can't believe I'm going to say this, but you know what's a good bet? Knicks at eight hundred to eight hundred to uh, plus eight hundred to win the uh, division. So eight to one. You eight know, one. you know the logistics of eight to one better. I mean, I'm a big believer in Boston will get there. Well, I mean, are we? Are we? I mean, are we thinking like a, a fifth team overachieving by like? playing the hell out of their players and like just going all out to do it. And then the Celtics coach somehow blowing a couple of games. I, yeah, sure. Uh, the, the, but I think you, I think you have to win at least 50. Could this next team, they won 47 last year. Could this team win 40, 41? Is it eight to one that they win 51 games? The model, the model thinks that they're going to win 50. See, that's interesting. See, this is what- I, I'm still, I, I understand where you're going with this. I wouldn't do it myself. I think it's really interesting. Who do the uh, Knicks end up the season with? Like Philly and Boston? Let me look. Last game, Chicago, then Brooklyn, then Boston, then Chicago again. They play Chicago three times in the last week and a half Ooh. of the season. <sighs> that Man. is that is you know what? crazy I'm scheduling. Gonna, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that like I think the Knicks at eight, at eight, eight is a sneaky bet. I think I think Knicks. You may not win this, but I think you're going to be in play for at least for that Celtics game. I think that like that Knicks at Knicks at eight to one at, eight, at plus eight hundred for the division is a really interesting bet. Again, we we th- we think about them as the Knicks, but this team has been in the playoffs and they've been in like playoff wars. It's the same team against the the Hawks, and they they were in the playoffs last year. They won forty seven last year. It's a fifth team, so they're generally going to be competitive. And there's nothing change like roster wise. They're probably better than the world start with last season. So. I mean, they're probably going to over. I would expect them to overachieve again, right? So I think it's not unreasonable if the you know if the Celtics coach kind of screws up and the Sixers have some issues, maybe Embiid is out for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not crazy, right? It's not crazy. I mean, have they? Is that? Is I mean, yeah, they could, this team could win fifty games. Now, again, I think some things have to break in their direction, but I think eight hundred for the Atlantic is 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 is, is interesting, right? I think for. I think we've we've reached the point where we've overcorrected and the Knicks are underpriced. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so well, but I think you're right. And nothing on their conference or title or MVP. No, and, and, no there's nobody on this team that I don't think there's anybody on this team that can win MVP. I mean, maybe the Knicks fans can talk about Barrett, but Barrett's not. We people are too smart for Barrett to like. I mean, it'd be, if anybody wanted, it'd be Brunson, but he's not. That would be yeah, that would no, be well beyond what he. You know, like if, if you could do all NBA odds, maybe Fifth you could have a chance. For coach of the year? It's possible. It's possible. If they, if they, if they win fifty. Mm. <laughs> well, what are their? So wait, wait, just a second. Um, what are their odds for the number one seat? Oh, for the one. Oh, oh, hey. Now, see, yeah, you're braver. You're braver than I am. Uh, yeah, because if they win the Atlantic. If they win the Atlantic, win. yeah. I, so that's twenty-seven to one. I'd rather bet that than the division. I think I, I think I think uh, I'm going to say like twenty uh, twenty seven uh, twenty seven to one for uh, the number one seed. It's really really good. Twenty seven to one for yeah. Like the, I don't. I, I'm not saying like make that your biggest also, thing on the board. I like that better no, than the division personally. A lot better because again, we're down on Miami. We're down on we're down on Miami. We're down on Milwaukee. And we're saying. 
what are the odds that whoever wins the Atlantic is going to win the one seed? They're, I would say they're probably pretty good. So if that's the case and you think the Knicks can actually win, then, yeah, getting a three-to-one rider on that is – yeah. I mean, I think w- if they win the Atlantic at, like, say, 52 games, there's a shot that yeah. they uh, To me, there. there are only two teams outside of the Atlantic that have a credible chance to have the best record in the East. Cleveland and Milwaukee. Yeah. And – and we oh no no so I should say three Miami has a credible chance it's just not as constructed. Eh, I now. mean Miami as currently constructed I don't think they do Miami if they make that trade then yes right separate conversation but right now we are making this is a this is a pre whatever the hell happens with Dame conversation and in that conversation the Knicks twenty seven to one for the one seed is really interesting as they, as is the plus eight hundred both those numbers are really interesting and really be, and, and again also if they go on a hot the thing with the Knicks if the Knicks go on a hot streak and start hot start the season you never get this number again right so this is why you're like uh let's maybe bite on this one um <laughs> we spent like lovely spending time talking about the knicks over here <laughs> uh but yeah we both agree it's the right thing to bet it is um okay so we got we're down to the last two teams in the east we are down to the 76ers and the celtics i'll start with 76ers who won 52 54 games last season differential um, of a 51 win team and yes. they are dealing with Harden-related uncertainty. He is still on the roster. We do not know what that's going to be. Congratulations to the regular season MVP, Joel Embiid, by the way. Congratulations. Um, and their over-under is, oh, if you want to go over, 49.5. If you want to go under, 50.5. So that is a significant four, think- four games lower. They have swapped Doc Rivers for Nick Nurse. They did also lose a lot of their function, their depth, not their top five, but like their, their think- depth. The inter- okay, so there's a couple things that are actually at play here. One, obviously, I think they upgraded a coach. Like, Doc... Okay, you know what? Uh, Doc, same thing as Bodenholzer. Doc is also a Spurs Street coach. Doc is actually not bad at regular season. And he's wonderful with shorthanded teams. Yeah, I mean, he... he and But but he is an absolute train wreck when it comes to, like, in-game and in-season adjustments. In-series in, in adjustments. He's, he's just... just in, like, we're not going to get into it, but his record at blowing series leads, and particularly losing as a favorite in a, in a playoff series, is actually kind of insane. It's, it's, it's historical. But, um, it's not like, I mean, he got replaced by somebody who's actually like one of the best coaches in the league, in my opinion, in Nick Nurse. So I, I think that's a that's an upgrade for them, particularly in the playoffs. Um, the tricky bit with them is, as you say, like the talent and also the whole uh, James Harden situation. Um, now, they're going to let it fly with Harden at the moment. Um, I, I mean, I, Harden's numbers are, I would probably say his advanced numbers are probably inflated. So I think, I, I understand, I think the model is overrating Harden at this point. Because I do think that, like, father time is coming home for him pretty fast, right? So the, the model is slightly over in a fade. And I'm probably slightly under because I don't trust Embiid to play the games that we're listing him to play. We got him at 2,400 minutes or 2,300 minutes, and I don't know that I trust Harden necessarily. So I do think that this team is has some of the same issues I saw with Milwaukee, right? Um, but again, it's it's a balance because I do think that like from a coaching perspective, it's probably slightly better. But again, from personnel, slightly worse. So I get why Vegas has a forty nine and a half and fifteen and a half, right? So I'm like, I pro- I'm over in a fade. Honestly. I'm an under fade. It's a close call. This is the this is a well set line, and what gives me pause is 
it seems like the Sixers are prioritizing, I wrote a whole piece on this for The Athletic, they're prioritizing cap space for 24. And that lends themselves either to trying the James Harden experiment or if they're going to trade him, trading him for players that maintain that flexibility. That's why they're probably not going to sign Tyrese Maxey to an extension right now. Uh, here's here's a really interesting question. Gun through your head. Knicks or Sixers? Who finishes with a better record? It's a tough question. It's a tough question. Um, because I do think I do think it's more it's closer to fifty fifty than it's been a while. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks actually finish with a better record because the Knicks are. are yeah, like, I would have I would have the, I would have the Sixers as probably the favorites there, but not heavy favorites. Yeah, the, the, the Knicks have continuity. They're an improving team, whereas I think the Sixers are going to do something. Well, and the Sixers right? and the Sixers are so top heavy. Like Embiid is yeah. Embiid is wonderful. Like he he I didn't I pick him as my regular season MVP, but it was at bare minimum number two. And he had an awesome year. He played sixty six games, which is fantastic for him. And yeah, I don't necessarily think that's good. That, that's the other concern with him. I don't know that he's necessarily going to be good for sixty six games again. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah. but that's. But again, it's a feature with you know he he does have some structural issues that. Yeah, I mean, maybe. it is worth noting that Embiid played sixty eight in twenty one twenty two. So like he has been relatively healthy the last couple of years, but we're always still cautious, not only with human beings that large. But with yeah. human beings with his with his injury history as well, and for me, like I brought this up a little bit in passing, but they lost some pretty good kind of role players on this team for you know losing George Niang, losing McDaniel's, losing Shake Milton for you know with pretty limited replacements like that. The idea, you know, like maybe it, it's interesting as much as we. People complained about the front office for this team before. Even they brought in more. You know, I, I love Daryl. Daryl's been good to me in other situations, but I don't know if they've done a really good job with this team. Of I think the roster, I think the roster for the Sixers team was better. The team with, with Jimmy Butler, uh, that team had a much better and deeper roster than this current version of the team. Um, and in 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 I don't know that they've necessarily like like basically Daryl's gone with retreads of guys that have been on like Daniel House, Patrick Beverly, guys who've been on his older teams, and I don't think that he's necessarily done a good job of like stocking like it, 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 if I if I'm if I'm if I'm grading out who's done the best job of like finding people and filling out the rosters, probably the Lakers. And Daryl used to be really good at this, but I don't know that I've seen indications of that recently. Maybe am I being too tough here? But I, I mean, I, I think you're, like I think you're being fair. And the other consideration might be that some of the reason they let some of those guys go now is because they're trying to maintain this flexibility after this year, and so the margins might be tight. But like, I mean, there were other teams that did better on minimum guys than the than the Sixers <sighs> appear to. I think the ideal situation with them would be move Harden for a top end piece and depth. Honestly, for this yeah, team. I just don't think it's possible. I don't think team. team I don't think there's a team that's going to give up a top end piece for him. <laughs> Fair. That, that, hey, it's true. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. So, yeah, I mean, so I think we're kind of actually similarly minded, even though we picked an over and under. We're both fading it. There, and, and part of, like, when a team is well, I in mean, this... Like, I mean, what we're saying is, like, what if you had to... Gun to your head, if you, like, I'd be picking, like, 49. Or, I mean, I went... I went did I go over? Oh, God. Um, you went under fade. Under fade, over. yeah. Did I go over? Really? Let me rethink this for a second. Um, yeah, because I respect Nurse enough to go over. But I'm like, when I say over, I'm thinking 50-51. And I'm thinking the the, the Knicks are going to be right there with them. Like, uh, So that this is kind of where I'm at with the, both those teams. So like, it, it's not like, could I see this team winning? I, can't, I don't know that I could see this team winning 54 games, right? Unless something major happens. 
That's right. They'd have to somehow swing like an insane trade, or or Embiid has to play like seventy-five games, and both of these things seem like very low percentage outcomes. Along those lines, the two point seven to one to win the division, all of the other mm. kind of conference title odds. I don't love. I I've been more zealous than most of that. I don't believe in the Sixers as a playoff team. I don't think they're versatile enough offensively or defensively to win four <sighs> series. Um, so I don't love any of those. Well, let's say that the two seed. Uh, the thing about this is, is it's Nurse. Yeah, but then again, but but I mean, you not- can't be that creative if you're like Joel Embiid can't. Def- he's not going to defend out on the floor. Like he can't. Yeah, and, be- I, and I and I also don't trust him to like last throughout the playoffs. He hasn't proven that he can. He seems like, particularly when these games slow down and they get a lot more physical, it really does wear down because the other teams kind of know about this and do actually pick on his physicality. So they do kind of. It's the whole thing about bumping Chris Paul too. That he's like, yeah, it's the same thing. They're kind of like forcing him be into a position that's bad for him physically and from a game mechanic perspective so yeah i see it um yeah i don't like any of these odds for them until i see it and even though i like i like nurse but i i I don't think that they can overcome the roster issues at this point right now the way it's concerned what do you think about mbd to wonder win regular season mvp uh, you couldn't pay me to take that mo- that money. They're like Embiid would literally have to put up Wilt numbers to win the MVP this season. Like it, I'm I'm serious about this. They I think that the voters feel like he stole one at this point. The the, the and whether that's fair or not. That's based on the what how last season ended with Jokic. We we on the other one we talked about. We love Jokic at four and a half to one. I unless you gave me like forty to one because I would I think one he would have to play a lot. He has to play like seventy games, and two he his team has to win like fifty five, and three he has to put up like godlike numbers to overcome like I think what the uh, like the hangover from last year. Right? That's not maybe not fair to him, but I think that's that's the thing. He like for him to win. After the way last season went down, he's going to have to do something like just that. I think it's just a very low, low outcome, uh, low probability outcome. I agree, and I I love Joel. I'm th- I'm thrilled for him that he won, even though I didn't pick him to win it. And but the the pathway, I mean, especially if the Sixers like win fewer games than last year, like if they're because they yeah. remember they won fifty four, even if they outperform their differential, we, and, we, and we think they're going to win less games than they. Yeah, win. and so that's that's a real challenge for them. So I think we can I think we can transition to the final team, and that is the Boston Celtics. Boston last year won fifty seven. They had the fifty seven. Mm-hmm. They had the differential of a fifty seven win team. They had some positive shooting luck. Uh, third best, third luckiest team in terms of opponent shooting. And you know they had some they had some injuries they they were they were I would say they were healthier than most but they're younger than most so like that's that's relatively relatively even a notable offseason where they traded Marcus Smart and for for Kristaps Porzingis they did not trade Malcolm Brogdon Malcolm Brogdon does, seems pissed about parts of that and they still have Joe Mazzulla as their coach. Isn't Bro- like Brogdon? We don't even know if Brogdon's going to play. I mean, they wanted to trade Brogdon. They didn't want to trade. Uh, the, the story is they want to trade one of their guards, right? Yes. So, and they and, needed to for matching salary anyway. And they didn't want to trade Derek White, which is totally understandable because Derek White was a stud in the playoffs. And they didn't want to trade Marcus Smart because he's a lifer, very popular, and also a guy who has, you know, be a lot of playoff experience. And they wanted to be Brogdon, but Brogdon wasn't healthy. So I think. The, the story or the scuttlebutt was that Brogdon – it wasn't that they didn't 
they they picked the player they could trade, not the player they wanted to trade. Well, and I think part of, a lot of it was was Memphis's offer too, where they right. Memphis gave them multiple firsts and was was they they yeah, gave a prime valuation. If, if you remember, the initial version of that trade was not Marcus Smart, right? right? It, was so it was it was it was Brockton, and then but I mean for reasons, Brockton has not been healthy or as productive, and they would have rather kept the other one. Do I think they possibly move Brockton? Yeah, probably. I think Brockton, one of the other suitors for. Uh, for Lillard was Boston, and I would be unsurprised if Brogdon was a part of that uh, particular offer. Now, obviously, I think Boston might out, maybe still also for the medical issues, but I would suspect that Brogdon's going to be on the training block for the majority of the season. He is to, to their to their intense for their for their interpretive purposes. He's a little bit kind of redundant because they also like uh, uh, PP, and they, I think they kind of think they they, they they Boston likes to retool a little bit. I I, I try trust their uh, their gm to kind of like find some value at the edges on that and he keeps retooling he's like it's same as with the lakers he's done a good job at kind of like retooling the edges of the uh rotation and making it like uh, a good regular season team um i don't love the coach um but i think during the season he's been fine uh but and he's not a very he's possibly one of the worst guys i've ever seen in making adjustments real time in games uh, i don't know if that was an experience but we'll see right um but all that said uh boston 157 uh the line is set at 53 and a half 54 and a half and uh the model has them winning 54 and a half uh, and it's it's saying basically the line set about the right number. I mean, I think like 50, the thing with fifty seven is, as you get past like fifty two, fifty three, fifty four, these wins get incrementally hard. I don't know that there's necessarily going to be a lot of incentive for the Celtics to win that many games again. Uh, I think there's a, they, they could win fifty three, fifty four, and still win the one seed in the East. Um, I think reasonably that's something that could happen. Um, and I'm kind of – it's interesting. I'm kind of – I might overfade or – I'm a fade on this. I mean like I think they're going to be around that number um, based on the team that they have. But I don't know if I'm going to be over or under is the thing. What are your thoughts on this? I'm an overplay. I think they're a better team. I think they're you know they're deep enough. They they will miss Marcus Smart, but having – that be they they just have so many like rotation and starting caliber players now. I mean, you, you, we run through this. I mean, you have Brown and Tatum. Tatum obviously at the top. Brown has he'll have his moments, but like Tatum is Tatum is the straw stirring the drink. Porzingis had the best year of his career, and what makes the Celtics different is that even if Porzingis is unavailable, they can get two credible lineups. They can one play. Thing, one thing that the Celtics um, this iteration of the team um, loves to have. Those big guys that shoot threes. Right? Mm-hmm. So and, and, and they've think, done it before a lot. And, and Porzingis kind of fits that role perfectly. Uh, whereas, like, I know that they're going to draw up shit for him, right? So that's actually going to be something that's going to be kind of kind of good. So yeah, I mean, and and so they have I, functional I, depth. I, I, I don't I don't I, love I, Missoula, but my know. issues with Missoula are more postseason than regular season. Though there were some regular season stuff too. This team was very weird defensively in the regular season last year, and. I will say that their, you know, 7 through 12 is going to take some work, but they should be able to figure some stuff out. 
And you know what? I'm gonna go overfade with you on this one, and I'm, I'm gonna switch. Yeah. I'm gonna switch my late my. I'm in overplay for the record. Oh, you're overplay. Um, yeah. Ooh, overplay. Wow, brave. Fifty three and a half. You think you're better than fifty three? And mm-hmm. I think I think uh, they're one of the I think they're one of the two or three best teams in the league, and the two or three best teams in the league usually. Danny being so aggressive this year is kind of like screw it. Let's go over bet. I'm gonna change my Sixers pick to under because it's well, no, it's fifty. No, I'm still gonna stay over on the. It's like, uh, man, I ended up on 17 overs and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm more over than I usually am too. No, both of us are like 17 overs. Um, like, uh, actually, like a fun thing to do is okay. So before let's actually let, let's do the Celtics and then we do some recaps after. Sure. Let's finish out. Let's finish out the. So okay. So do you like the uh, the division divisions? It's a little. It's a little aggressive. Conference is two ten. That's aggressive titles too. Four seventy. I would take titles four seventy probably. Wait, I don't four seventy. Hold on, seventeen and a half. I'm trying to see what the projection is for this team. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Mm, what about the one seed? The one seed is one forty five. I think that's reasonable. Um, it's not. There's not a premium on it. We li- I'm gonna say we like, but not love. Like, but not love. The uh, the Sixers the Celtics one seed, and then the other big one is Tatum ten to one for MVP. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, like he's already finished top five. Uh, I think Embiid's going to take a step back. Um, I think God, if I could, if I could take a bet on him to finish top three instead of like just number one, but. Uh, what is what does it what does it go if it's not joking this year? It could be Tatum. If it, it could be it absolutely. I, I, it, I you're betting you're, you're basically saying if the Celtics are the number one seed in the league and and, Den- and Denver play, is not the number one seed in the West. Yeah, it's like basically the Celtics have a better record by like six or seven games, and like you know they win fifty seven, and everybody else is. 51-50, you know? I, I think, yeah. I mean, I think 10-1 to 1 for Tatum is a good number. I think, 10 to, I think I'd rather bet 10-1 to 1 for Tatum than their best best record in the East because the margin is so big. It's 1.6-1 to 1 versus 10-1. to 1. Like, yeah. th- are there scenarios where Boston wins, when Boston has the best record in the East and Tatum doesn't win MVP? Yes, absolutely. It has happened very recently. But does that happen five, four out of every five times? I don't think it does. No, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's 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 the correct take. I think it, it is so funny though that my absolute favorite bet on the MVP board is the guy who has the best odds. Jokic? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, because because <laughs> the way it went down, like is- you don't you don't expect that. It's usually not like there there aren't many circumstances where like the best bet on the board is the most likely winner. Well, we're saying, look, what is Jokic going to do? Jokic, in all probability, Jokic is going to have a Jokic season, right? But when Jokic has a Jokic season, people are going to be like, we should have given him the MVP last year. And this is kind of – it's basically a victory lap MVP. And yeah, I mean, is that – yeah, it's better than four and a half to one. And is somebody going to have an impressive enough season to knock him off if he just has a Jokic season? I don't know about that. Like who are the candidates that are going to win – their team is going to win enough games and they're going to put up enough numbers that it's going to happen. And I don't see it because, you know – who are the who are the top teams? The top teams: Denver, right? Golden State, right? I don't think Curry's gonna. They're not gonna want to. Warriors are not gonna want to play Curry enough. 
Suns, and I don't think uh, Katie's not going to play enough games. Uh, Embiid would have to like walk on water to win. I think if I had to rank it right now, I'd say Jokic then uh, Tatum would be one two for me, right? In terms of MVP, because those are the teams like I need the team to win. I need them to have like a lot of stats. Like three. Yeah, I would. I would say Curry's probably my third. But is Curry? Are the Warriors going to want to play Curry enough games? I think they might. I mean, I think it's going to be. I don't. I think it's. He's not going to play enough. I think. I think he could top five. I don't necessarily think he's going to win because I just don't think he's going to get enough games. There's nobody on the Knicks that could do it. Uh, I don't necessarily love the. Bucks I mean, Luca, Luca. But so what's weird is like you have this collection of guys who I I love as basketball players, but like Luca and Shea. Luca's in a bad situation. Shea is probably not going to win enough games. Right. Exactly. Or like and and. Gian- Giannis is also, uh, but maybe, 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 like no, maybe the line is 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 Zion might be like. <laughs> well, yeah, because, like we talked about it. We we're talking about the Pelicans, the uh, but maybe. Zion, he you. But then I said we, it's a functional minimum. Reasons, you have to play sixty five games. You have to. Yes, but there's also like non basketball reasons where I don't. See, oh, I see, I don't, I don't think the bas- the non basketball stuff with Zion affects MVP. I think he, I think he could, I definitely think he can top five. If you, could, if I could bet top five, yes, I don't think he's going to like right outright win the MVP. So it really there's not a lot of viable candidates if you run down the teams that could win the MVP, right? Like I anybody in Minnesota, I don't think Anthony Edwards is a, is a reasonable kind of pick. So like yeah, I mean it's like there's not a lot of unless I'm missing someone, I don't think LeBron's not going to play enough games. Um so yeah, there's nobody it would have to be somebody who again, we think can win his team can win 50 games and he's going to have that many stats. Tatum, Jokic, Embiid, and Embiid has said walk on water. So and Jan, I would have Giannis in that conversation too. But I'm yeah, more, but I mean, I, as we I, just discussed, I'm more of a Bucks optimist than you. Yeah, but even so, like it's a little bit rough for them. I think based on the a, it, it, this is not discounting on Giannis. I just don't think his team is is healthy enough to put him in that conversation anymore. At least for this year, unless they make a trade. Um, okay, so I like good. Let's see, recap on where we agreed and disagreed. I'm curious. We disagreed on the Wizards. You went under, I went over, both fade. We disagreed on the Magic. You went over, I went under, uh, both fade. Uh, we disagreed on the Hawks. You went over, I went under, both fade. Let's see, on the Bucks, you went over, I went under, both fade. On the Sixers, you went under. I went over. Both fade. That's the issue. And then I th- okay. And then on the other side, you went under. I went over on the Rockets. Both fade. Every time, like it, it, I don't think we've had a disagreement where we bet. Um, oh, we. I thought we did, but maybe you changed. You one of us changed. On the Jazz, you went under. I went over. Both fade. On the Mavericks, you went over. I went under. I, yeah, I did bet on that. So I bet on the under on the map. You went over and faded it. So I think that's one. And there's another one, which is the Suns. You went under fade. Well, actually, that's not a disagreement. I went un- you went under fade. I went under bet. Right? Yeah. Those are kind of the big ones. I think – and there's a bunch of things we also kind of everything agreed on, like Pistons under and uh, – let's see. We agreed on Pistons under – uh raptors over this is including the model uh nets over although you faded it uh heat under uh nicks over everybody bet on that and we all agreed on the celtics over but the model faded it we both bet it 
uh, and then on the in the West, it's like we agreed on San Antonio under, uh, the Oklahoma City under, the Lakers under. That was all bet, too. That's obviously every year we're going to agree on that under. The Clippers under, bet, surprisingly. The Clippers are always confusing. But I think at this point, we're kind of like all kind of like Clipper black belt. We were like, yeah, they're, they're not going to be able to play. Uh, Timberwolves over, Grizzlies over. Um, um, Pelicans uh, over, but, uh, but the model pe- faded it. Yeah, Pelicans over, but the but the model faded it. But I think we both, we but be, but because we think that the, the the two guys play more than the model thinks, then that's why the difference between the fade and the bet. They, yeah, the the model's a little more conservative on Sion and Ingram than I think we are. Uh, we're oh, and the Golden State Warriors over. That's also a bet. So yeah, those are all the common ones. Uh, and then we had the conversation around the MVP. And yeah, is there anything else you want to kind of cover before we kind of a stop? Not really. I mean, this is going to be a weird year for Rookie of the Year. Like, I I think I think Scoot is interesting. I think um, Wembenyama, of course, should be the favorite, but I don't think it's a fait accompli. Um, the un- the thing that is going to change this a lot is that there aren't going to be that many rookies with the ball in their hands. Um, are there any title odds that stand out to you as being particularly tantalizing? Uh, I mean, not really. I mean, we talked about it a little bit. We talked about uh, Denver I mean, at 480. Denver at 480. Denver at 480, the Warriors at 14 to 1. Like, that's yeah, pretty strong. Two, yeah, I mean, I think those are the two that are like, basically take those two uh, and... The Knicks, the, Celtics, the Knicks number one I, I seed. I can't really, in all, I can't recommend the Celtics because their coach is so bad in the playoffs. So I can't recommend it at this point. Um, and yeah, the Knicks, the Knicks twenty seven to one for the one seed was actually kind of interesting. Twenty seven to one and the plus eight hundred for the Atlantic, which again relies on certain things breaking. But I mean, I could see where like maybe the Celtics have some bad injury luck and and the Knicks come into play because hey, it's a tip team. So tip teams can like exceed uh, the record in the regular season. So yeah. But yeah, there's nothing else that kind of like like realistically, I would be surprised if the title winners outside like Denver, like Denver, Golden State, Boston, and Milwaukee, maybe, maybe this. I mean, I don't. I mean, I can't see the Sixers being that healthy, and I can't see the Heat. I mean, again, this is a pre-Lillard trade. So if that goes down and Miami's a different team, then we can have a conversation around Miami. But I, but right now, I don't see them. Title. Fair. Fair. Did I forget anybody? I think that's about it. Okay. Well, th- thank you so much for taking time. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Always a pleasure. Talk later, man. Thanks again to Arturo Goletti for taking the time to come on. Absolutely love this as a tradition for myself and, of course, for Real GM Radio as well. You can follow him on Twitter at American Numbers, A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-N-U-M-B-E-R-S. And Arturo is actually a much better person to reach out to in terms of some of the specifics in terms of our discussions here, the models and everything like that, because he puts them all together. He does amazing work, which I very much appreciate for that. And he's also better at reading and replying to things on social media. So I encourage you to reach out to him for that, though, of course, feedback input is is very welcome here as well i will discuss that in just a matter of moments if you want to support this show there are a lot of different ways you can do it you can leave a rating and review to help other people find the show and the podcast wherever you're choosing social media word of mouth all that kind of stuff is appreciated subscribing downloading episodes is is very much appreciated that can help our numbers and because Real Jam Radio is never going to come out on a specific day of the week, including this week, we have two. So subscribing is the best way to make sure that they come into your inbox, come into your player, and that's great. The single most important thing for Real GM Radio and any other that has them is to check out our sponsors. For us, that is FanDuel, fanduel.com slash Boston, and 
New customers who bet $5 can get 200 bonus bets guaranteed, which is awesome. I, of course, talked about that more in the middle of the pod. And you can also check out my other work, written work at The Athletic. Should have some stuff coming out in the next little while. I have a couple pieces that I'm writing. They're not even into editorial yet, so I can't make a promise on timing there. Then for Dunked On and Dunked On Prime, Nate is not only doing the excellent team-specific preview series, but we also did our version of Over-Unders, recorded it recently. I don't know the release schedule on all of that, so you could check that out. And, of course, there will be maybe more things going on once we get closer to the season. Dunked On is going back to five days a week, Dunked On Prime, sorry, specifically, around the beginning of October, and that's going to be a lot of full-time even before the season starts because it's starting a little bit later this year for whatever reason. And we're going to be going hard after the in-season tournament and lots of other fun stuff this year. Very, very excited about all of that. If you have any feedback, good, bad, or indifferent, NBA at gmail.com is the way to get it to me. If you take the time to write it, I will take the time to read it. That is an absolute promise. I'm not always the greatest at replying, but I read it, and that's why I tell you exactly what the score is at that point. Um, But I, I do try when I can. And that's all for now. I will let you know that next week's Real GM Radio is already recorded. I'm going to be out of town for part of next week, so I got it already lined up. So there will be an episode. It's already it's already done, and then and that will be a continuation of the division series, and then that will hopefully continue until around the time the start of the season have things pretty well squared away. Hopefully hopefully it all works out. You never know for sure, but that's the plan as of now. So thank you so much for listening. Take care and make it a great day.